Welcome back for another Conquest Corner here at the Train Kickers Podcast. Uh, I'm Dave, and the goal for this is to go through the units um, for Conquest, The Last Argument Kings by Parabellum Games. In particular, for the first part of the series, I've been going through and dealing with Old Dominion, because that's the one I have the most experience with. Now, up to this point, I've mostly done these videos as um, two units at a time, other than the Fallen Divinity, but that's a little bit different when you get the characters. Um, for this one, though, when I was looking through figuring out the way I wanted to do this one, um, the plans like to talk about the Cataphracti, but there's not really good pairing for them. One, they're not a dual kit, like a lot of these other things either are or will be. Like the Centaurs are going to be a dual kit. Cultists and Assassins are going to be a dual kit. Uh, Varangangar and Anathati are a dual kit. So I didn't have another good option for here. There was a Profane Sepulchre, which I thought about putting here, but they don't fit remotely the same sort of role. So I do want to talk about that. But I want to do this one first. Now, I am going to go through all the units. For the ones that aren't out yet, I'm testing them actually currently. So that way I have some more experience with them so I can talk a little bit less theoretical about it. Um, just the other week, I tested out some of the centaurs. I'm going to test out the other ones soon. You will be seeing some of those in battle reports, hopefully coming up very soon. We're going to try to get back to some more of that recording. We have um, some Imperialis ones that we're going to be recording next week, several of those. And I'm hoping to get another Conquest one, maybe about later on that week, if not um, shortly thereafter, to start getting more of that out. Especially now I have some other spots I can do that at. But the point of this episode, or this particular one, is to take a look at the Cataphracti. Now, um, there'll be a link at the end, but we'll say this here at the top. If you've been enjoying any of this content that we've been putting out for this or other games that we cover, mostly 30k, Imperialis, and Conquest is really what we're kind of focusing in on more. Might do some old world stuff once we can get our uh, grubby little mitts on that. Um, but for any of those sort of things, you know... Feel free to subscribe if you're on YouTube, if you're watching, or sorry, just listening on any podcatcher, obviously, you know, you can follow us there as well. But hopping over to YouTube, hitting um, subscribe and all that really does help out. Um, if you are looking to buy any Conquest material, we do have a affiliate code. It is down um, in the show notes. It is also at the very end of the video. It'll be up on my left or right side, whichever side I put it on, whatever side it shows up on. So it'll be there that as well for you guys. Um, that saves you 10% on anything you buy from Conquest, and it also helps us out as well. The code itself is Terrain Kickers, and then there's a link that you can use as well. All right, let's get into the unit. All right, I think this will first time might actually be one of the shorter ones. I say that every time. One of them will be. Maybe this one. So what we want to start off with, though, is, as always, discussing who can actually take the unit. In this case, it's really short. It's just a Stratigos. So if you want to take Cataphracti, that's your only option. You obviously have plenty of ways to take the rest of your army and fill things out, but this is your choice here. Um, talking just about the Stratigos here for a moment and all, um, there's obviously the two forms of the Stratigos. Let me put the mounted form up here as well. Um, notice for both of them, whichever way to take their Stratigos, the mainstays and Restricted don't change. Just change whether or not he can go with them. That does mean if you take a Mount of Stratigos, you still have to take an Anathity Legionnaires or Sentai Prodomy unit. Uh, prodromy. I guess Prodomy unit. I'm going to say it like five different ways. So you still have to take one of those to be able to take the Restricted. Now, there is some options related to banners as well for this. Pause there briefly to check something. I believe that was right and I was right um, for this. So there is a banner that will let you take a restricted option as a mainstay option. The problem is for banners, you have to take at least a level of tactical retinue or have another ability that lets you take them. And I actually just used their um, army builder to test that out. And I tried to put the Stratigos in with the sanctified uh, 
LeBron on and it comes up and says, yeah, um, banner treasurers require at least one level in tactical pride or another ability that allows it. So if you want to take this, that does mean your strategos can take it on foot, can take it the other way, but he can't go in there anyway, so it doesn't help you. But your mounted strategos, you have another unit tax if you want to be able to take him with uh, or take cataphracty for him. Um, actually, the last time I did it, I took some of the centaurs. That was the most recent list that I ran, although he went into the cataphracty unit. But I wanted to test out centaurs, so it kind of fit well. And that does give him at least a, a mainstay option that he can go in, even though they're not out yet. Um, either way, though, when I take either one, uh, anathity tend to be the option that I take as the mainstay because I'm grabbing up legionnaires from Archimandrites or Hierodeacons because that's sort of the mainstay that they can go with um, or, or where that option seems to fit anyway. So I tend to take Anathity, but legionnaires would be okay. The centaurs would probably be okay, again, if you can proxy things. But that's your way to get Cataphracty. That means you can never have more than theoretically two units unless you want to take multiple Stratigos, Stratigi, maybe. Um, you're not going to. You're going to take one Cataphracty unit Theoretically, you could do two, I guess. I've never thought about doing anything quite so nuts. I'm not sure if it's nuts in a good or a bad way, but personally, I just don't. Maybe maybe we'll think about that, what that could look like. But I don't know if that would necessarily be very fun for one side or the other. So, um, since we only have one thing to look at, I'm going to keep the Mount of Stratigos visible while we talk through this. Now, as always, for anyone just listening, I'm going to talk through everything that I say, but this is here as well. So for the Cataphracty, it's 200 points for these base three stands. Uh, uh, not too bad for um, a cav unit that's medium at that sort of points cost. That's probably about where where those sort of points sit anyway. And we're going to see, we're going to talk about whether it's a good points cost or it's not. And I think it really depends on your dice and how things go. Um, so there are move seven. So reasonably fast cav, a little bit slower than some of the other cavalry type options in the game. Your centaurs, I believe, both eights. One at least is an eight, the other one might be. But still very respectable. Clash two. So they have the old Dominion curse of usually very low clashes with the inability to inspire once you're already in combat. Uh, five attacks each. So that's pretty good. Four wounds each, low wounds, but we're going to see that they have a defense of three. They also carry shields. So... If your opponent isn't cleaving through you or brutal impacting through you and they're in your front, you actually are rather defensible. The problem is that it doesn't take many wounds before you go down. Only an evade of one, that's fine. Now, for what they do, like I said, they have shields, so that means they're defense four from the front. Animate vessel terrifying, of course, we're undead. They have impact three with brutal impact two. Now, keep in mind when you do impact hits, you don't... you. So your unit hits the enemy unit that you've charged into. It can be on your second action. You don't have to be allowed to attack afterwards. You'll get your impacts. And they made impacts much simpler now. Every model just does its impact hits. If they're in base or not, it doesn't matter. They all just get impact hits. For anyone who's only more recently played, it used to be half your attacks, but there was rules you could have that would then double your amount of impacts and things like that. There was actually on cataphracty units, they had more impact hits than attacks because you halved it rounding up, but then you doubled the amount of impacts because of whatever the rule was called. I don't remember. They've removed that rule. So already pretty good there. Now you would have a little bit of an issue that your impacts brutal two is great because notice I didn't say cleave or anything. 
one of the biggest problems they have is once they are already stuck in combat, they will do nothing or almost near nothing because you're, sorry, clash two. I think I might say cleave two. Clash two. You're only hitting on twos. So unless you are at a tier where you can be auto-inspired, so say tier three, you have another way to be auto-inspired. We have some, there could be some banners or some other options. You know, you might have something else that does it. You probably won't though. Or you charged in, you're just going to sit there and wet noodle at them. Um, for things that help them, their memories of old, one plus one impact. So that's four impacts each. That means if you take, I usually take four, sometimes five, but I usually take four. That means I'm looking at 16 impacts. Normally, your impact hits do not get inspire bonus. So your clash would still stay at a two. Even though you got 16 on twos, not that great. However, you have shock. So shock says when you perform a successful charge, you get this um, regiment disapproval at plus one to the clash characteristic until the end of the round. That's the clash characteristic. Inspire is different. So shock means that your clash becomes a three, which works for your impact hits. And then if you are able to swing, because you came in on your first first action, then inspire happens, which gives you another plus one. So that means on a turn, a shock charge unit will get threes, in this case, threes on their impact hits and fours on their normal swings. Now you're cooking. Now you're actually doing some good. You know, that extra 16% going to 50-50 of making it now means you're reliably getting the eight or so. Again, it, it, you know, dice could go a little higher, a little lower, but let's say you're hitting the average of eight and brutal impact too. So you're lowering their saves by two. Again, if you don't hit someone with a lot of evade, you got to be smart about who you're going after. But if you don't hit someone with tons of evade, now you're looking at them having very little, if any, save at all. And then when they do their, when they resolve, you're terrifying. They're minus one. Maybe they're not saving quite as much because they've pulled those stands already. So you're now looking at options to actually make these guys do you something good. It still can do really bad for you, though. I, I want to make sure that's a known point. When you play them or play against them, there's going to be a bad taste in someone's mouth most games. Uh, they could do middling, sure, but usually it's a feast or famine, and one side is happy with that, and the other side's very unhappy, and we'll get a little more into that as we go. Additional stands are 65 points, so you're looking at 265. We want to take four of them or above. Um, the way I've been taking them lately, sometimes them with my Mouch Tigos have been running almost 500 points. Uh, standard Bearer, I absolutely think you should take it, you know, plus one on your second move, and you get unstoppable, get to reroll your charges. I have failed with a reroll, a two-inch charge. I've rolled double ones in the past. I For fastness, I always rolled both dice at the same time. You know, without it, I have failed many other charges, so give that option to yourself. Now, the next part I find, depending on who you talk to, depends on whether or not they think this is an auto-clued or never take. And I find it depends on how successful they've been, how the dice have went, what kind of opponents they've went into, what kind of units they've tackled this into. And that's the Hyratos. The Hyratos gives you overrun. It's 20 points. Um, I always take this. I've had it fail me many times. I will never not take it. So it gives you overrun. Let's go through what overrun does. And this is especially important if you're someone who doesn't play this, but might play against it to understand what this rule does. And I'll go through the details of what it can truly do. At the end of this regiment's charge action, if the enemy regiment in contact is broken, notice it didn't say if you broke them, they were just broken. So if you charge someone who's already broken, the next part will go off. 
or if your impact hits, which if you're at least tier two, you were four impact hits each, um, successes on threes or less, and then you had your terrifying when they resolve. But if they're broken by the time that's done, this regiment may perform its impact attacks again. So you get to impact again. So if you're already broken or if I break you, I do my impacts a second time. Since you're already broken, now I'm looking at, remember when you're counting for um, break and shatter, you're looking at where you were at each instant. So if I can break you, there's a chance that if I take out just about the same amount that I did the first time around, if you're not automatically destroyed, I'll probably shatter you. Um, a regiment with a special rule may perform up to two charge actions during a single activation. Um, obviously, your, your activation comes to an end if you fail a charge. That's normally true, and they're saying that you get to charge twice, but if you fail the first charge, you, you don't get to try again. So here's what this could mean. And I'll use this example because this is something I literally just did as of recording this three, four days ago. Uh, probably about four days since you've seen about three days since I've done it. Um, there was two large blocks of um, 100 Kingdoms infantry, one a little further up, one a little bit further back. Um, I came in from the side on turn two, so now we're going to turn three. I'm not at Dark Power Pool 2 yet, Dark Power Tier 2 yet. So I use the Drastigos uh, ability, his supremacy ability, which lets me count my tiers one higher. It doesn't make it one higher, but lets me count as one higher, which means memories will go off, so now I'm a little stronger. I get the auto charge in because I'm like seven or eight inches away. All right, hit them in the side. I'm having four impact hits per, and the Drastigos is getting like three, three of them. So he gets a few less, but I was having, what would that have been, like 22, 23 impact hits. Hitting on threes, essentially, he hits a little bit better, but let's go with some threes for a moment. I, I was rolling well. I was getting high numbers. Those particular infantry don't have evades, and their defenses are only like twos, sometimes threes, but that counts the shield. I'm in the side, so you don't get any of that. So I do a whole bunch of wounds. Resolve. I do a bunch more than that, because remember, I'm in your flank, which means you have to reroll some successes. And, well, you have to reroll successes. I don't remember that unit might have had an upgrade that meant they didn't care if I was in their flank. Some units there do, some don't. Broken. All right, so I do my impacts again. All right. Um, when it goes off again, then on that point, I shattered it. Okay, well, now you're shattered. So I could now charge again. That's been one action. I haven't even actually technically swung yet, but that's my action. Well, in case you haven't used their Satigos, here's where it all comes into play. His Supremacy ability. And I tend to use his Supremacy round three, sometimes round four. And if I'm taking Cataphracty, I use it in the turn that the Cataphracty are trying to get in. In addition, once per round, obviously he lets you go to tier four, that's his thing, but you can use Supremacy ability until the end of the round. All friendly regiments in the army count their current empowerment tier as one tier higher, which lets me take my memories of old. And each friendly regiment may perform a free additional reform or combat reform. That's not the beginning activation, end of activation. That's just an extra free reform. So I hit the one unit, destroyed them, reformed so I could see the other unit, and charged them. And then between impact and a break and more impact, destroyed them. Uh, my cataphracty unit at near 500 points, don't get me wrong, expensive, took out about 1,000 points. Now... I will tell you right now, that is the absolute craziest, best it ever can go 
will go. You're not going to get more than that. I have had plenty, plenty of times when I put all this together and they don't even carve their way out of a 200-point unit. What's more likely to happen with this is that I hit a unit, like a three-block um, take that out, whatever it is, maybe take it out. Because again, I, I try to be smart about what I hit into. And then I charge secondly into something else. And I kind of just end up there. I'll take out some of their stands, but they tend to be a little more defensive, something a little bit stronger. Be careful of things with pike formation. Pike formation removes your impact hits and things like that. I've had that sort of problem occur before. So um, I've had one case where it worked perfect. I've had many cases where it worked okay. I've had a couple cases where they, they did nothing. For 20 points, I'm always taking the higher toast because I want to give myself that option. I want the possibility that it can go off. And it does make it more of a target for your opponent, which means my other units could either get in and do their things, or you're going to devote a lot of resources to take these guys down because they could absolutely ruin your day. Um, so that's a sort of super amazing big brain play that can sometimes work. You can't rely on it, though. A few reasons you can't rely on it. This game is a game of dice. First of all, for that to go off, often you are close to the enemy in such a way that if they get the initiative, they could charge you first. And if your opponent is smart, charging these guys is an amazing thing to do. Not even for destruction purposes, because you lock them down. Like I said, they're defense four from the front with four wounds, which is good or bad. You know, it's good, but if you have good um you have either say a lot of dice to swing or if you have a, a cleave one or a two they're going to start going down pretty quick because they're not a lot of health each or like i said if you have tons of dice they just make me roll a lot of saves i'll roll fives and sixes i'll start losing guys for sure the other thing is we have no buffs once we're in combat we're hitting on twos with five dice a guy six for the leader maybe if it's late in the game we're auto always inspired so half the time we're hitting we have no cleave, no nothing. Everything we do is when we hit you. So if you can stick us in, which means either surviving our charge or charging us instead with whatever you want, you're probably fine. As long as that thing has a save, doesn't have to be a good one. As long as it has a save, you're probably fine. Um, so overall, I really do like these guys. I run them in a lot of lists. I don't feel they're absolutely necessary in the army. I do tend to run them because I really like them, but they're a giant point sink. And if you want to put points into a variety of other things, you're kind of going to run out of space. So like I said, the way I run them with the other things, they're usually close to four in the four to 500 range. So you're starting to look at almost a quarter of your army. So you're going to have issues fitting a lot of other big beefy units in there. Um, I actually just assembled my manager Tigo. So now I put him in there before that I would usually just run them on their own as a four, sometimes a five block. Um, I took the foot stratego, so I put them in the unit of anathity and let them push up the field. Now that I have the mana stratego, so I'll put together, I'm probably going to be taking him that way a little bit more often. Uh, not all the time, but it may be a little bit more often. For him himself, um, I kept him pretty cheap. Um, actually, I, I put um, uh, Snuffung on him, mostly because in case he was in combat, I wanted the cleave and line breaker. Linebreaker, so that way if I was stuck in combo with someone with shields and bastions and all those sorts of rules, um, at least I could ignore that, so maybe I could get some attacks through. So I did put that on him. I don't think it's necessary, but it's not bad. The other thing is, he is my warlord. If you're taking these guys, I think their Stratego should absolutely be a warlord. The Ziliarch letting one of his units go twice doesn't help them. 
And I think in general, for what the Stratigos does, counting your power earlier so you can get your dark, you can get your memories of old, so you can have these guys go off on the turn that you need, usually for me about turn three, sometimes turn four. That means I have my bonuses, I can put them in, and shortly thereafter I'll be turn two anyway. And that free reform has absolutely come into play as well that you can get. Um, if you're taking him, like I said, maybe I would take some armor on him to make him a little survivable, but I don't think he needs to be upgraded for that. I keep them kind of cheap personally. One, I wanted to check rules real fast or something, so I did pause the video briefly there. One particular thing you can do with that Stratigos, with his Glimmers of a Golden Age, when he gives that free reform or combat reform. I've absolutely had times when my guys say get stuck in. I've used that, so what I do is I withdraw, I do a, I do a reform to get a better facing, and then I go charge someone. So I can... Pull off, because remember, when you pull off, you're facing the wrong way. You can do a rotation. You can't move more than your move characteristic, but if you're positioned well, or the enemy's not positioned well, you can then be in position to see someone, and you charge them. So that still means I can get a charge on someone in a turn where they weren't expecting me to be able to charge. I've done that multiple times as well, in case you get into me first. So the turn of using the Stratego Supremacy ability is huge. Um, I think if you want to if you want to take one unit of three, spend two hundred points, or maybe put these on it, spend two thirty, the standard bear and the higher types. Spend two thirty. I think you can take whoever you want for your warlord and, and kind of do what you want. If you want to put any more points into this, or if you want them really to do their job, he needs to be your warlord. Because you want that ability. Um, I think overall it's kind of the strongest ability anyway. If I'm not using that though. Then I'm looking at an Archimandrite to be able to buff them, being counting their pool as higher with Blossom's power, so that way at least they can get their memories of old. Um, because you you kind of need something. Um, without their memories of old, these guys aren't going to do anything for you. Like that. If you get super lucky on dice, sure, but you know don't rely on dice. You're already relying on the die roll to go first the turn you really want to charge in. You're already relying on the dice to be pretty good on 50-50s. And you're hoping that your opponent doesn't roll amazing. You're already wanting decent results to occur for you. Don't chance it even more. Um, but an Archimander, it's always really nice to have in a list with these sort of guys because, again, Blasphemous Power and Count Choose 1 Tier Higher when I really need it. Um, I have absolutely used that as well to make them inspired on turns when they're already stuck in or anything like that. Hasley's Touch. Since they're only four wounds each, they go down easy, but that means you can heal them back up very quickly as well. Even on when you're tier one, you can heal two wounds, which is half of the wounds they have. So if you've lost one full stand, you can bring exactly one stand back with half of its wounds. As you get to higher levels, you could potentially bring up more, especially if you're saying tier three, bringing back four wounds. That could be enough to be able to heal a stand and bring back another stand as well. So... Personally, I always like Agramendrites. I think they're an important thing to be able to have. Uh, for other options, since the Magitikos is the only one who can go in them, there's not really much to say about other people's support. Um, Fallen Divinity, I, I don't really rate them so much in the list. You could take that, but I lose you one of the things on Fallen Divinity list. Higher Deacon's abilities don't really help. Ziliarch's abilities don't really help too much. There is a banner that you could have that makes it, what, inspired within eight inches, other units within eight. That's one of the treasures. I believe he says as he's, um, oh, that's a banner that makes them always, is it a blessing? Uh, I can't remember. I know there's something pretty sure there's something. Yeah, it was right at the top. Um, 
the Kentarch. So when the pool reaches tier two, the character stand all friend management eight count as being affected by inspired. So yeah, you know, Azili Arch or someone like that, having that tactical banner could be useful. But really to me, it's it's how you play with Stratigos. I think you can take either Stratigos, just depends on whether or not you want him in with them. I think it's absolutely acceptable since you had to take another unit anyway to take the on-foot Stratigos with, like I said, the Anathity, something like that. You could then give him the banner or something else. You could give him some different types of upgrades depending on exactly what you want. Actually, this guy, he could take the, sorry, it's not a banner, the Tactical Dark Blessing as well. Um, he could take the Tank Arc if you want to give them that, the Mount of Stratigos. I think then you're maybe just putting a few too many points into that because your Cav might be in a position that's not close to the rest of your army. I think it's more likely that eight inches forward, a unit hits your cataphracty, but it's hitting a whole bunch of the rest of your line rather than it's on the cataphracty and maybe it hits one unit back, but misses all the others. It is an option, but I, I, I don't do too much of that. I'm much more currently about running the units I want and getting an extra stand than putting some upgrades on it because more upgrades means if your opponent rolls a little bit nicer in one spot, you you know, you lose all those upgrades where if I have an extra stand, I'm a little bit more survivable. So I've been enjoying that more. Um, so that's my main thoughts on that. Why don't I share a little bit of a list that I've been running lately with these guys? All right. So this is um, a list that actually I run reasonably often enough or, or, or a similar list to this. So I have a Manor Stratigos as my Warlord with an Athati unit, three block. Um, if you free up some points in some other spots, you could go to four. A cataphracty unit sitting at four. I'm giving a standard bear. I'm giving one higher toast as well. Um, for this one, sometimes I do take the non-mounted Stratigos instead. If that's the case, I have a little bit more points. You'll notice so this is actually 1955. It's a little bit off screen, but I'm repositioning. So 1955. I'll try to have it just showing. So with that 1955, it gives me about 45 points to play with some stuff. I have an Archimandrite. Um, I prefer the Archimandrite with the Unholy Mastery, three levels of Arcane. You absolutely could choose something different, but I'm looking for this to be a big support piece, getting me a lot of both healing spells and something else. With that, just taking a base unit of Legionnaires, you could take some of the other things, but I wasn't really looking for much else there. You have a Hierodeacon. For the Hierodeacon, no upgrades currently. You could absolutely put... Uh, say either retinue level one to get an extra die you could also take which treasure is a concentrated miter if you want to spend those points so you can add it x to your dark power pool what you'll find early on you'll be using dark shepherd of course and you'll be using uh, dark supplication but later in the game when you're already tier two we're getting into three or now you can get to four black fang coruscation start becoming important so the extra dice when you're say tier three you are now shooting uh, eight dice at a time and if you look at that power, it also gives extra hits depending on your power pool. So now you can really start doing some damage. So that's an option as well. Grab the unit Legionnaires because we're assuming that you're not proxying. If you're proxying, put her in Cultist instead. Absolutely every day. Uh, five pack of Bekephali. I don't know why it's five. I intended four, but right now they're five. That's fine. You could swap one of those out, put an extra. Yeah, let me swap one of those out. And let me put an extra Cataphracty in. Let's say it's horses. Let's go heavy on the horses. 1945. So now we got 55 points spare. As of Aziliarch with no upgrades, uh, I leave space for him. You could absolutely put some different treasures on him or give him a retinue. Usually what I do is I give him a Regalia retinue one. The level one means the character stand gets plus two to its attacks because he's going to be in a unit Varangian guard. 
He's certainly sitting in four with a standard bear and a princeps. With those spare points, if I don't put that on him, I could actually go up into five ranking and guard. And then I have a uh, just a regular squad of legionnaires. Those legionnaires, the two different legionnaires, are going to be standing objectives early, and then they could push forward to either, one, stay back and keep my objectives, or two, push forward, get in the enemy's way, make them have to be charged, destroy them, get more power. One of the units is going to be my battery between my recommender and my hierodeacon. The other unit is, like I said, her bunker, so probably trying to keep her alive as I move forward a little bit. For the one with the Archimandrite as well, because I, I have three units of those, that is one where I might put the Optio if I want, because I need her further up the board to be able to cast all of her magic. I'm less concerned about the Hierodeacon's region for her magic, because early on she'll be in a good spot. She can effectively usually do what she wants, find there. Later on the game when she's closer, that's when you'll be doing your Black Flame. But the Archimandrite needs to be able to keep pace. With spare 30 points, that gives me some options to give some treasures, dark blessings from a Mount of Stratigos if I want, or you can turn your Ziliarch into a Kiliarch if you want to give him anything special. If I give him anything, usually what I give him, is it uh, Eutheria? Yeah. Uh, Eleutheria, uh, Giver of Mercy. So I give him parry, counterattack, and a cleave, and he gets plus one to his clash. The other things are when he's in a duel. So now he's pretty good at clashing. He has those, he naturally has cleave one. So, but now he's clash on a four. So he's doing you a lot of good. That gives me spare 20 points. With a spare 20 points, like I said, if that unit of legionnaires that you plan on just removing fully over time, you go put an icon in there. I think uh, the Nathity, I would actually, the Nathity, usually what I do, I only have 10 points left. How much is. Uh, Princeps is 25, so I'd probably remove an upgrade or two to fit that on. That's usually what I like. So I'm, I'm five points over right now. Uh, the Ziliarch, I would care less for him to have the upgrade than the other piece. Gives me five points left over, that's fine. Now there's an Athletique can do a little bit more. If you care less about them, remove the Princeps, put those other upgrades back on other people. Or if you're worried about your points, your Recommendrate, you could take off one of the levels for, or your Hyra Deacon, if you have a few points spare, you could give it, say, the level one if you remove the Princeps and all. So it gives you some some variability there. So those are some of the options that I see when I take a look at this. That's a list that I put together. It gives you something. I'll, I'll put um, a link to it in the, the show notes as well, or, or um, I'll just copy it into the show notes as well. That's sort of my starter list, and then I alter from there. If I decide I want more undead sort of like ghost type things or construct things and all of that, then I start leaning more into the Archimandrite. I rarely, I've never taken two units of Cataphracti. I actually have enough to be able to take two. Maybe I'll try that sometime soon and, and see how that goes. So that is the Cataphracti. What I will say for these, this is a sort of unit that one, your opponent should know what you could do with it because it's not always fun to get surprised. Uh, me as a player, I, you know, I, my goal is to have fun, but make sure my opponent has fun as well, which means I don't want to do something that they're like, I didn't even know you could do any of this. So I try to make sure they're at least aware of the sorts of tricks and, and things that I could do. I, I would say, depending on your level of play group into some armies, running it, Hyratos rushing through, is crushing. Uh, 
So 100 Kingdoms, it's pretty crushing. Spires can be, unless they have, unless they took the right things to have the better evade. Uh, into Nords, it can be, unless they took the stuff to up evade, of course. Things is not crushing into Dweg Home. It's not. Uh, let's see. City States, no, because city states tend to have some pretty good defenses and Unless you can get to the sides, they tend to have long sides, but if you can't get to the right position, it's not really going to do you well. They have pike formation on at least one other unit, so that can cause you an issue. So uh, Wadroon, Intermittent, um, they tend to be more likely to charge you, but if you get in, their defenses don't tend to be quite as good. They tend to be maybe a little bit more in terms of resolve, but what you find is this is a good unit. You're probably going to spend tons of points on it, and it needs to perform. The thing thing is, it's probably going to be about a quarter of your army. It could be less, but again, if you're running real cheap, I don't know if you're running them for the point of them. So if you're running them pricey, it means they're either going to underperform for you greatly and do you almost nothing, or they're going to outshine everything you could ever do. I have some opponents who, when they look at it, one of the other players I know when he plays it, he's, I never bother taking it. It's the garbage to me. I know other opponents where that's the thing they complain about. That's their only target. They take that out. It depends on your experience. It depends on what you do. I will say they are good. Don't get me wrong. They're very, very good. But they rely purely on those dice rolls. If your dice rolls go under average, this unit will do near nothing. Now, it's a dice game. That could happen to anyone. But often when you're paying, you know, four, 500 points for a unit, even if the dice are average for you, you're going to get good successes. Here, average dice might not be enough. Especially if your opponent's rolling average. Unless your opponent is someone, you know, if your opponent has good evade, you're probably not going anywhere. You know, if your opponent gets a charge on you, you're not really going to do much of anything. So they are a little bit feast or famine for their points cost. I do find, though, they're worth it even on the turns where I don't, where they don't kill their points value. They hold up their points value. They take out a little three pack, they hit into someone else, and you're stuck there for a while. Especially if an Archimander is close enough to get a little bit of heals on them. I can just not necessarily grind you down. You'll have to grind me down. But if I can stay locked there for two, three rounds, that's worthwhile. Even if I don't charge anyone else in there to do cleanup, I can now get to other points. I can maybe score some other objectives. I can do something else where I'm tying something worth more or worth a lot in terms of uh, viability of your list down, even if it's not points. Sometimes people are too concerned about the point trade-off. A 300-point unit, or let's let's call these guys 400 points where we're running them. A 400-point unit doesn't have to destroy 400 points. They have to do 400 points worth of good. That could mean destroying 150 points worth of units and tying down 250 points worth of units for multiple turns. That's 400 points of good. Better if I can do more than that, of course. But if I can just stop you for a while, that's enough. If that's all I can do with them and the rest of my list then can do better, if I can get them to perform where they're bogging down, stopping, or destroying five, 600 points, now I'm coming out ahead on that trade-off. Especially because some of my other legions, when you take a look, sorry, um, models like legionnaires, stars staring at them, that they're, they're going to make their points by scoring you. These guys are going to make your points by destroying and stopping. So you really want to play them carefully. If you are, I recommend the Hyratos. At least take it a few times to get a feel for if you enjoy that or not. Even if you're not having much success with it, for 20 points, I think it's absolutely worth it to get that shot on it. If you want to, you could save them to late game to be able to hit people. I tend to go early, but maybe next time I'll try late. Maybe the next time I do it, I have enough Cataphractate to run two units. Maybe I'll try that. 
All right, that does it for this video. It was a little bit shorter than the others, which is good because I said it would be. So other things you'll be seeing is from us shortly. Uh, Dan is currently going to be doing some reviews for some token sets and some models that he has to be able to show off as well. I'm doing the same thing very shortly. For more stuff related to Conquest, like I said, hopefully in about another week or so, we're going to start doing some Conquest battle reports. I have uh, at least one other person who wants to do it. I'm looking at some other options to be able to get some more filming in. If you live somewhat close to the uh, middle of New Jersey area, a little bit north of the middle, but New Jersey area, and you would like to get some games in, there's some local hobby shops I can record in. So if that's the case, reach out, let me know, um, put it in the comments, and we can make some arrangements. We'd love to play some people. Um, even if not, hey, it's all on TTS. I'll play on TTS. I'll play wherever. Always happy to play. Sometimes that's easier for me, depending on the night of the week. Um, you should see some more Conquest stuff, if not this weekend, early next weekend, because my weekend's a little bit full, but you'll see some stuff early next week. Uh, if you like Legion's Imperialis, by mid-next week, you should start seeing some battle reports, and next week, we're also going to get back to some normal podcast episodes. Except for anyone who didn't know, um, Dan had some things going on, I had some problems as well, so we were a little bit delayed in all of that, but we're getting back to that next week, hopefully recording on Monday, start getting some releases back out on Wednesday, but you should see some other content coming out very soon for us as well. If you want any suggestions, or if you have any suggestions of anything you like me or any of us to talk about, to discuss, to see, anything like that, put in the the comments on the YouTube channel as well. Like I said, if you want to save some money on Conquest and help us out, uh, the code we have is Terrain Kickers. It's all beneath this in the podcast form. I, I usually put it in the podcast form, but it's also in the YouTube and the show notes as well. It's all there, and you'll see it up in the corners in a moment, one side or the other. All right, I think that does it for everything tonight then. So on behalf of everyone here at the show, has a good hobby. It's a great gaming.